to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Good day, mamas. Thank you so much for listening in. This whole thing, this women's community, and this podcast still feels like a dream to us. So thank you for supporting us and this mission. The mission, again, is simple. Women need close friendships and the kind of friendships that build them up, where vulnerability shines and where women know just how to show up for each other because we are all walking through tough things. And we've seen many women connect, friendships kindle, and, you know, we are only just getting started, so we cannot wait to see how all this unfolds. So on with today's show. Drum roll, Samantha. That was so good. Today we have another mama panel. We're so excited to bring back Heather and Tabitha, and um, we're going to do another round of Q&A on all things mama. So let's just dive right in. So in our mama's community on Facebook, we sent out a post today, actually Samantha did, and um, we have some questions that people want answers to. So I will let you kick them off. Okay, awesome. I had it pulled up and then I lost it. Okay, here we go. When kids are testing our patience and disrespect and lacking accountability, how do you handle this? Surprise. Um, I yell and I swat them. <laughs> um, that was kind of a loaded question. What what's that's part? Let's break it down. Deep one that's big, but okay. probably pretty yeah, I guess I guess that's how it's written, but we could break it down. So, one, what do you do when your kids are testing your patience? Let's start there. Um, so I fail a lot, but what I try to keep in mind is one, I like to put myself in a position, um, like as if I were the kid and remember what the brain process is like, because I try to remind myself that they do not process like a mature adult. So I try to put myself in their position and see from their point of view and then respond to that. Um, but also give consequences for the behavior. And then I teach my kids that if they're going to be disrespectful or what have you, that even though I'll never love them any less, it drives a wedge in our relationship. And is that what you want? Do you want a a wedge in our relationship? I have a comment to make um, talking about kids testing moms or them being disrespectful or lacking accountability or saying no when we ask them to do simple things like chores. So Chrissy, one of the girls in our um, women's group, she came from a different country. She came from the Philippines and coming over here to America, she was surprised and 12 years into it, she's still surprised how much kids disrespect their parents and get away with it. And I kind of think that's just part of the culture. And that's why we're, you know, we're having trouble raising our kids and, or we're thinking we're too harsh sometimes when actually we probably still could be even more hard and more firm on the boundaries, the rules and all of those things, or even adding responsibility. So I just thought that was an interesting note coming from somebody that came from another country. And then she also pointed out how the kids, the younger generation still respects the older generation. I think that's quite flipped here. 
Yeah. Even going to Guatemala, which is um, less than, you know, some countries, I guess. I don't know. But it's it comes down to a lot of kids in other countries. Um, like if they don't do their stuff, they're not eating. So like good reminder and they, you don't have to remind them because they're hungry. And so, um, it makes me think of that scripture where it talks about how, um, a hungry man has good work ethic. And I think that's what it comes down to. We're pretty comfortable here. And if they don't do their chores, it's like not the end of the world. Like, you know, nothing major happens other than like, Oh, you're grounded. Um, but there's a book. It's by Walker Moore. Um, and it is called, uh, I just had it. Uh, I think it's shepherd. Uh, it's not, no, that's not the one. Um, we'll put it in the, we'll put it in the comments. I can't remember the title, but he talks about giving them, um, a mature, something that has critical, um, what am I trying to say? Like a consequence, a hard consequence, not just, Oh, you're going to lose your video game. Okay. Um, hi. Um, (laughs) so, um, I would say like Tabitha said, I fail a lot. I feel like I yell too much or I get really impatient way too quickly. Um, however, something I have been trying to do, um, more recently is just trying to ask my kids questions when they do disrespect me. Um, for example, I will say like, like, genuinely asking not being sarcastically but why why would you think to say that or why would you why did you do this why did you say this and I'm like trying to ask more questions to be like no like I'm not asking you like why would you do that like genuinely like what made you think that you know ABC so I've been trying to ask them more questions especially to my oldest um but again I fail a lot (laughs) and get really upset because disrespectful kids are like it's like Yeah, it's like very trying on your own nerves. And then it almost like, I'm assuming maybe you guys would feel the same in a lot of other moms, but like, it's almost like, oh my gosh, no, I can't have a disrespectful kid. So it's almost like, you know, you're like almost like in a panic, like, oh gosh, we can't have this, but. My brain keeps going completely blank, but I had something really good. I'm going to say, I think one thing too in America or maybe first world countries is I think in today's day and age, it seems like parents think that we have to entertain our kids and then what's left with you at the end of the day or you know so it's like us feeling guilty for yelling at them too much or oh I'm not entertaining them enough I'm not getting down on playing play-doh all day like the world revolves around them and I think I think sometimes again it's like the taking back control or like just to you know kind of rethink what is the right proper perspective on things and or you think back in the day where you know, parents said, you know, come back at dinner time and like kids just played and entertained themselves. So I do think it's just sometimes it's exhausting keeping up. You know, we have the sports these days and, you know, we are in our minds kind of um, led to believe that we have to do this whole entertainment hour every day. And if we don't, we're guilty and bad mom, but maybe that's not even the case too. So a lot of times I think our cup is just so empty and then we jump to a yell or they're being disrespectful. Now we're guilty about, oh my gosh, we're failing them. Why are they like this? What's wrong? And why am I parenting wrong? And all these things. So it's just at the end of the day, not easy. Um, but that was just something I had to say while you were thinking of what you were going to say. <laughs> Here you go, Tabitha. Um, so I have a friend who's a little ahead of me in age and she had children younger than me. So she has adult children. And she said that with her teen girl, that was the first one that that was her oldest. So it's the one she experienced like some of the sassier years with. And she said that like when her daughter was entering, I believe it was like ninth grade. She said that 
her mouth just started getting really smart. Like she was being rude a lot and, you know, just fires you up on the inside. Like I instantly go from zero to a hundred when a kid is rude to me. That's lying and rude. Mm, oh, and just totally disrespectful, like disregarding what a parent says. Even if I watch another kid do that to their parent, I, I just get so heated. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just can't handle that. Um, but the way I was raised, my mom said jump and you said how high, like that's how she was, she was like a military drill sergeant, you know? Um, but anyway, my friend said that she felt that God spoke to her heart and said, you can either, um, fight with her over these next four years that she's in your house. The last years can be trouble for you, or you can walk in love with her. And so she said that, um, what she would put in practice is just calming down and responding the way she was supposed to respond. And I watched her do this through the years. I, I love her daughter so much. She's amazing. But she was going through those years and I would watch her be disrespectful to her mom. And I'd watch my friend just and just like walk away from her. And I was like, wow. So that's really starting to like play in my mind with where my kids are right now. My oldest one really never had a problem with that. My middle one's a little sassier. Um, and so she likes to pop off her mouth and I have to try to remember, I to be honest though, like, I will be like, I don't know who you think you're talking to. Like I will totally snap. And then I have to be like, okay, I need to learn to treat her the way that I'm supposed to treat her regardless of how she's treating me. Um, because if we train a child in the way they will go or the way they should go when they're older, they'll not depart from it. So, um, we need to remember that they're children and they're responding in the flesh constantly. So we have a flesh too, and we always want to act out and we have to like really work to not do that. Well, they don't have those tools as much as we do yet. So they're going to just act out in the flesh and whatever irritates them, they're going to respond to. So it's us being patient. What we're actually doing is training them for their future. We're not going to see that today. We're training them for later. So it's, it's being the leader now in our behavior to get the result out of them that we want them to mimic when they're an adult. Yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, I'm not always good at it. I struggle a lot, but like just taking a few seconds to pause and like really think about like what I'm going to say before I say it because and they'll be like, why are you not talking? And I'm like, which is, you know, or whatever. Why are you taking so long? And I'm like, I need to think about what I'm you know, going to say or respond to and how I do that, um, which is hard. And again, I said, I don't always do that perfectly because I'm the same way, especially when a kid, when the tone goes, like, I feel like it's like my middle son. And I think that he doesn't realize what he sounds like when he says it. Like, I don't think it's always intentional. I think he just doesn't you know, like he'll say something and it will sound a certain way. And then he's like, I just said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not what you said. It's how you said it, first of all. But my response naturally is to, you know, do the same thing. And it like triggers me and I'm like, okay, I gotta, gotta stop. So I think pausing is really good and just like grounding yourself count, count backwards from 10. Yeah. I just think at the end of the day, um, like you guys are all saying it, it's good to, be a firm parent and it's okay. And you're going to mess up and you're going to fly off the handle sometimes. And sometimes maybe they need that. I remember, sorry, I can't talk words. I'm a murmured (laughs) one day. Um, and this is, you know, when Sadie was maybe three years old, um, she just was just whining and having fits all day. And I was in the other room and I just screamed my head off and she had not really probably heard that side of mom. The boys probably have over the years a little bit, but she literally, I, I went out into the kitchen and saw her with her carrots and she's like, yes, mommy, these carrots are really good. She was like freaked out. So 
Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, I th- but uh, maybe not yelling and, and losing your temper and showing them that anger. But honestly, being firm, I think, is the very best thing to have with our kids. And I do believe that that's why um, marriage is important. You know, and I know single moms out there, that is a struggle because when I'm failing in discipline, Eric is coming and he's coming in hot. And especially to my husband, they're not going to mouth off like they do with me. And he's coming in and, and, you know, even protecting me or pointing things out too to them. And I think that is such a good um, thing in parenting is just having that two, you know, they call it like the three chord God, you and your husband together united in one and not against the kid, but for them. And then even when they do mess up, we almost every time, if it's something big enough, we will talk about it and be gentle, loving, kind of cuddle, or just have that affection, let them know, again, this is, you know, like you said, I think my middle son oftentimes does not realize how he's portraying himself. And if only he did, because he's such a sweet kid, I think that would change the way he he reacts sometimes. But we always say, even for the four-year-old, okay, now tell me what you did wrong, like in your words, um, let me know what you did wrong. Another thing too, and I heard this recently, I don't know if maybe one of you sent this over to me, but it was a man talking about leading his kids. And I think we often forget to say they're having a bad day or say they're upset about something. You know, we can go to them and say like, okay, what are you upset about? And what what do you think God would want you to do in this situation? Or how would you think he sees you or sees your feelings or would guide you? Like we need to bring that into the picture and let them think on their own on their own, let them pull in God and that Holy Spirit and be led there too. And I think I fail in doing that oftentimes. Okay. So next part of it is, um, I guess we kind of covered the patience and the disrespect, um, lacking accountability. How do you hold your kids accountable? What are your tactics? I guess is the right question. Well, I'll just be really honest. That one's hard for me because I'm really scatterbrained. So, um, I might be able to keep a clean house, but my brain is all over the place. I'm always like thinking and dreaming things up. So I'm like absent-minded a lot. Um, So I can give, like I made the kids that chore chart that you had, well, you had talked about giving them the same chores. Like that's a great idea because it's going to take off my plate because I feel like I'm walking around all day and having to tell them again what they're supposed to be doing. So I made them these charts and like they literally haven't done it one day. And like at the end of the day, I'm like, you have a chart that's supposed to be guiding you because I'm really bad at it. So just being honest, like that one is hard for me. Um, I guess what I care about more is the heart of my children. So um, I care more about the fact that they have integrity. They're not liars. Um, And I mean, that's a big one because that devastates relationships, um, that they're hard workers, um, and that their motivation is right. So I want them to treat people with kindness and love. And that if my kids do something, I always point them back to, was that loving? Like, is that how you would like to be treated? Is that how we should be treating people? Because if it's not love, we shouldn't be doing that. Like even at school, um, I had a kid tell me that like, yes, and she wasn't being mean, but it was like, you didn't really have to say that, but there was a kid putting deodorant on in a class and she looked over him and she's typically just incredibly sweet but she looked over him and was like what are you doing and he was like I'm putting deodorant on she was like oh that's weird and when she told me I wasn't being mean to her and it correct her because it wasn't bad but I just said maybe next time just don't say anything because you could have made that kid feel bad about themselves like we don't want to do that right so I'm always about like the heart I don't know that's what I focus on um in our house um 
Yeah, just the accountability. I, I think above all things is the heart thing, like you mentioned, Tabitha. I mean, if they want to make me the proudest above any grade they could get, get above any baseball achievement is what do they do for somebody else? Like an act of kindness, an act of the heart and all that thing. So I do try to pound that into them. Um, so there is, I think that should be account- accountability at a higher level than even discipline. And then next would maybe be discipline too. Um, and I I have to give that one to my husband. He's so steady and firm with the kids where I would be like, oh, they're too tired. They don't need to do the dishes tonight. Or, you know, he's just having a bad day and he he just like puts his foot down. And maybe even when Eric isn't and I, you know, I think we we balance each other that way. So I think that is always helpful and trying to, um, you know, be firm and and have that love too at the same time. So I I don't think you live in that legalistic, super firm household. I mean, who would ever want to live in that environment? But again, if if you have expectations of them, the reason the dishes work in a house, it's just simple, like do the dishes every day. You see dishes in there, race to get the cleans, and that just for some reason works for us. So I do think everyone has to find with your personalities and your um, how you do things in the household what you know works for you. But I think accountability, just how, how to you know train your children right, is um, or trying to is is a good thing of you know keeping your promise of hey. There is a consequence when you have when you, you do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, um, whether they just know there's a consequence in the world for for making good and bad decisions or even in the home. I think is a good thing. We fail at it. I probably fail more than my husband, like I said, but I do um, exceed more in the nurturing side. You know, so again, we balance each other out. Um, for me, we use a lot. I, I'm also scattered brained. Um, and so a lot of times that I'll be like, well, you're grounded from this or don't do this. And then later a kid will be of uh, the other sibling will be like, Hey, they're grounded from that. And I'm like, Oh crap, I forgot. <laughs> so I'm like, dang it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Like, shoot. <laughs> I know. I know. And then I'm like, dang. Yeah. Like, Oh, well, she's at her friend's house or whatever. I'm like, Ooh. Uh, so I am bad about that, but I am good at the natural consequences of things. Um, my son always gets so upset because he'll tell me, like, if he forgets his lunch or he forgets his jacket or his homework or whatever, he's always so upset that I don't run it back up to him. I'm like, mm, shoot, sorry. And he's like, other moms, other moms do it. And I'm like, well, one, your school is 20 minutes away. So this is a 40 minute drive. Like, not going to happen. But two, like, guess you won't do it yeah, no, next time or whatever. And I am go as far as to, even if he, now this is like age appropriate. And this might get a, a little bit of backlash. I don't know. We'll see how it is taken, um, you know, from others. I don't know. Some people are going to be like, you're so mean. But like, if he forgets his lunch, I'm like, guess you're going to be hungry. Or, you know, he can go buy lunch, but like, you're paying for it. Like, I'm not going to pay for it because their school lunches are expensive. I will stop you there and applaud you. It's like the taboo, like, you know, we are spoiling our children so much. And I applaud you completely for saying that. And I think we need to do that. We're not teaching our kids. We're doing a disservice when we're not teaching them responsibility at certain ages. So kudos to you. Um, I agree with that so much, too. That is so good. Um, I do the same thing. And I have a stepchild. (laughs) So sometimes it looks like I'm being super evil and I'm not, but it's just like, I do the same thing. I'm like, um, well, another thing I do is if, if a kid disobeys me and they destroyed something in the process, I make them pay for it. Mm -hmm. And I've been looked at like a demon in that way too, but I'm just like, 
that's called responsibility. So I have one kid that gets really confused and cannot understand like when they're supposed to replace something and when they're not. And they'll just be like, how much was that? And I'm like, if you accidentally broke something, that's different than me telling you, do not do this. And you do it anyway, and then you break it. I will make you pay for it. So I think that's really good because you're teaching them what happens in life. And when you're older and you behave a certain way, like this is what happens. Um, I have an older one that has a job now and she's very scatterbrained like me and it makes me feel really bad for her. Um, But when she goes to work, she never remembers anything. This morning she got ready and she's like, mom, I've got my cell phone and my earbuds and I got my backpack and I got this and that. But she was supposed to walk to work after school. And I was like, where's your work shirt? And she was like, oh, we're like, you almost did it. (laughs) So, but it's like, and I won't rescue her either. I'm like, well, maybe you need to buy a second shirt if you don't know how to wash yours. You know, I'm sorry. So I think that's really good. Yeah, actually, I did have one. uh, My middle son, he... At one time, he was complaining about the whole situation, and then later, it was like a couple weeks later, and he was like, actually, Mom, I am glad that, you know, you don't always rescue me, and he's like, sometimes I look at some of my other friends, and, you know, their mom, like, still picks out their outfits, and they're in fifth grade, and, like, I can pick out my lunch, and I can clean my bathroom, and I can do my laundry, and, like, all that stuff, and so he's like... I like that I can do those things and that I remember and I don't need my mommy telling me. It's just they don't like it in the moment when they're learning the lesson. So, Yeah, that's so good. Uh, On a couple different fronts, a little to do with uh, accountability, responsibility, or just trying to raise the kids, especially our older boys, to be men. And this is like a a push-pull with myself internally because I was raised by a dad that will give me anything at any time. but with our kids, if they like, for example, we went to get basketball shoes yesterday for Cleet. Well, he wanted uh, the Curry shoes. I was going to try to spend around $50, $60, get like a good deal. Well, he wanted the nicer shoes. So Eric, my husband, a lot of times will say, okay, just chip in a little bit. And so yesterday I was like, okay, just chip in like 20 and we should be good. And so, and of course my son is okay. He's used to that. And I do, there's so many times where I'm like a gut check, like, is this right? Like he's my son or whatever. But all in all, I do think that is an appropriate thing to do. However, I caved in yesterday and no, my husband did. My husband's like, oh, you know, last, last year we spent 140 and had him chip in. I was like, okay. Um, but I do honestly, even with that, I think it's a good thing. Have them chip in five, $10, have some skin in the game. They'll take care of their things better. And just like you said, in the morning routine, that was really good too. Um, you know, in middle school, I probably should, the thing that I'm not having the boys do is make their own lunches. Like they probably could be helping with breakfast too. So um, they do get up on their own. I don't have to like coerce them in any way to get up, get their clothes on, brush their teeth, maybe remind them to fill up their water bottle. But it is pretty easy from that standpoint. But they're probably ready to go on to the next level. And again, just for teaching them to be men. Um, So yeah. Um, The scripture says, um, if you don't work, you don't eat. And children need to learn that lesson. So I think that that's good to have them like help with, you know, not only responsibilities around the house, but to pay for things. Like it's not mean to make a kid learn what money means. God says he gives you the ability to create wealth. He doesn't just put it in your hand. I mean, sometimes you get blessed, but he gives you the ability to work for it. Like I remember I was reading the story about um, Joseph because I was working on that house for so long and it was so hard. And I was like, why is it easier for other people? And this is so hard. 
And um, through reading that story, he was, I never realized in it, but he was talking about when he was mad at his uncle for what he did to him with ripping him off when he gave him the wrong wife. He was like, you've done me so wrong. You saw like the blood on my hands, like how hard he had worked. God blessed him, but he had worked hard. So our kids are no different. Like they can work for things. So I do the same thing with the money thing. Like for Halloween costumes this year, I was like, you know, this is your set amount. Anything after that, you have to pay for it, which is totally opposite of what I grew up. My mom was a whatever you want, you can have type of person. But ironically, I was the 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 personality that was like, no, I don't want you to spend that much. So I naturally um, went the other way. But even like going out to eat or like if they want to go to even like fast food, I know it sounds so silly. I'm like, all right, yeah, we can go buy McDonald's or Taco Bell or whatever. You get three bucks each, like whatever you want. It's got to fit in that. Sorry. Like, it's not going to be like whatever. Like I'm not a endless mom, like how I was raised. Um, thankfully I don't think it ruined me cause I was like odd, but I feel like that can, that's not the real world. You can't just continually get everything you want whenever you want. And you know, boundaries are good going down a rabbit hole a little bit, but, um, we, and I don't know if this is the, a good parenting style or not, because, you know, talking to my cousin, Lisa, which she's kind of more so specializes in training kids, training teens, you know, she says, you know, make sure when you're speaking to the kids, they, you speak to, the, you know, you're the adult, they're the kid. You don't put any weight, like adult pressure, adult things on their shoulders and don't expect them to like, I guess, walk through the same thing because they're not mentally capable enough to know those things or understand or grasp or they shouldn't feel those things. But um, so I'm not sure if this is the right thing to do. But as far as like teaching the kids like responsibility or just like true lessons in life, we are very open and honest about our budget. And when we don't have money and, you know, and this is why and I and we even say and if we didn't tithe, we might have this. Um, but we are super open to the point where, again, my oldest son might be like, what you said, like, oh, no, mom, I don't need anything. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I'm the mom. Like, if you need something, you have to tell me. Um, so we kind of go back and forth on that. So I'm not sure if that, you know, how open to be on that. And we are completely transparent there. And again, we're, I, I guess our thoughts are, you know, teaching them like, hey, we're all a family. We're in this together. We're, you know, transparent. And, um, and maybe I don't think that's too heavy for their little minds, especially those that are in middle school and beyond. It's good. I love it. We're the same way. Open about like, hey, this is the bill. $7. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, awesome. So what um, what do you do about mom guilt or feeling at fault for their mistakes? Like, how do you handle that? I'm just going to keep going back to scripture because that's what's the most true, which is there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you're not supposed to feel guilt. So you can feel, you can have a repentance over something. So you say, I see that I handled something this way, or I did something like this. I'm changing my mind. That's repentance. And it needs to be in line with the Bible. So I'm changing my mind from this thought pattern to that thought pattern, because I identify now that this is right. I'm repenting, but there's no condemnation. Those who are set free are free indeed. So you're not supposed to walk around feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just remember that you are a parent that is trying to do their best and um, you're learning from your mistakes. Like if I had kids now, I'd be doing so much better than I did the first time around, you know, Um, but I'm not going to walk around feeling bad about that all day. Um, There's times when I've had thoughts cross my mind and I tell myself, you know, I had a really screwed up childhood, but I met God and I'm 
pretty cool. So I think my kids are going to be all right because they had a way better experience in life than I did. They have, they're in a more educated household. They have kinder parents. They're, we're not alcoholics. We don't, we don't have, we're not in poverty. We don't have all these things like I had growing up. So it's trusting them into God's hands and just believing God um, that he has a good plan for their life because his plans are more than your plans are. He has something, a brighter future for them than you can even imagine. So it's believing for that. Like <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit on one of the podcasts, but I have a little guy who struggles. And with that being a boy, it makes you nervous because you're like, how is he going to take care of his family? Like I'm not seeing his gifts. Like they're not really, you know, yeah. right in your face or whatever. Like I see some of his gifts, but like when it comes to like school and stuff, he really struggles. And it's like, no, I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Like he has a plan. He didn't make a mistake when he knit him in my womb. He had a specific plan. He knew I was going to be his mom. He knew what his life was going to look like. And that plan stands. So he's just waiting to fulfill it. Um, and I have to remember that. And if you're not a Christian, you should be one <laughs> so you can stand on these things. No, um, but God is good and he knows the truth. And um, I mean, that's what we can stand on is knowing that stuff. So the, the rest of it is just pressure from Satan, really. It's, you know, he's our enemy. It says he's seeking whom he may devour. He's always out there trying to mess with our mind. That's really where he can get us is in our mind. And so we just want to make sure that our thoughts are in line with what the Bible says, because that's what helps us to see things correctly. It's being kingdom minded. Kingdom minded is when you agree with what God is saying. So, so I have major mom guilt because I think I live my life in guilt. We might have talked about this before. I'm just always like, oh my gosh, thinking... I overthink a lot of things. So mom guilt is huge for me. And it's like a struggle that I try to help myself with a lot, but it's still a struggle. Um, Something that I have done about it, kind of like with your repentance thing, is I apologize to my kids a lot now, but like not in like an extent. I am a I'm a bad apologizer anyway, meaning like I apologize too much sometimes. Like everything's always like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So not apologizing in that way, but I like genuinely will, if I like freak out and yell and lose my temper or whatever it is um I will go to them after I'm calm and be like hey buddy mom should not I should not have done that like I am so sorry that I freaked out I was upset about a b and c but the way that I reacted was not okay and I'm really sorry so I have been a lot better about that because I think that'll help my mom guilt now that I'm kind of like you know okay I got to do something about it um I can't just be like oh I hate that I'm a yeller and then keep yelling you know so I've been apologizing and trying to be better about that um and then what else was I gonna say I don't remember it totally just went out of my head so I'll think of it if anybody else has something to say. Yeah, it might come back. Um, I think there's a difference too. Um, if you're laying in bed and you're having mom guilt, I think it's different if it's the same thing that you're feeling guilty about over and over. Um, like for instance, yelling. Okay, well, that is something then. How are you going to fix that? How are you going to stop the cycle from that? Um, but if it is just random things all the time and, oh my gosh, they didn't do this. Da, 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 like, it, you know, it's the enemy coming coming in and especially like we I feel like we have that guilt at night and our brain goes like crazy um so he's trying to one you know disturb your sleep to like get in your head um and our job as a mother is to like speak life into our child and to um raise them up who God has called them to be and so if he can like make us doubt that that we're not capable of that I mean, he does go after our children. So one way he's going to attack you is your ability, like making you question your ability as, you know, as a mother. Um, but I think that 
Now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> That's, yeah, I know. Like, what the heck? Um, that was all. Maybe you'll think of it. Um, Heather, to your point, I think when we do that, when we lose control of our emotions and we apologize, it tells the kids that we are human too. I think there's an element of like authenticity, um, just realness that... It sh- it show it shows an example. None of us are gonna be perfect. We're not even gonna be close ever. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus. So I think when we do mess up, we're going to. Mom, life is so hard. It's so difficult. And you know, like you said one time, you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes, right? Maybe you mess up on that or whatever. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, just keep looking forward because you always have. You know, God forbid, as long as your children are here on this earth, you always have the next day, the next moment, you know, to even try to course correct and whatnot. But again, it's okay when you do mess up, say sorry. They have to learn that skill. They have to learn that mom's not perfect either. She's an example of, you know, somebody living for God. She's going to repent. She's going to tell us we're sorry. And then they're going to be able to model that sometime in the future, too. So I see my hand coming up for it. Going in. <laughs> um, so one of the things that can cause some of that too is when you're a Christian, you have a sweetheart, which you have a sweetheart, um, is you're welcome. I say that in sincerity. Um, is that as a Christian, we're taught like, be kind, be nice. It's what Jesus would do. One day I learned that he's not just the lamb, but the lion. And Jesus was not a pushover. He was kind and good, but he was not a pushover. So sometimes if I'm fierce with my kids, I'm not regretful because it will deliver their soul from hell. It's like, I'm not going to let you just walk all over me and treat me like a dog because I'm a Christian mom. I'm going to be kind and loving to you and I'm going to fail sometimes, but I'm going to be kind and loving. But sometimes I'm putting that smack down because you need it. Like one time I had a kid literally sit at the table with me and she said something about God. She was like, because God wants us to live our life or something to honor him. She said something like he was a narcissist. And I looked her in the face and I said, don't ever say anything like that. Like hell is real and you're lucky you're saved. God isn't mad at you, but let me let you know he is not a narcissist. God is good and he died on the cross for you and you should thank him for that. Like you don't ever say anything about God like that. Like that is not his nature. Like, and I put the smack down on her because she needed the fear of God in her life. She needed the fear in that moment to understand, not a fear as in like, oh my gosh, God, I'm so scared of you. But he is the creator and he is the one that's deciding when you stand before him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's and what it means is the awe and respect. So an awe and respect yeah. for God. So it's it's knowing who he is, like knowing his role. So he is the lion. He is also the lamb. And we don't have to walk around like all the time, like, oh, it must be so like sweet and perfect constantly. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, we should be good and kind, but we also can have boundaries and we can say no. And, you know, we can yeah. do those things. Um, yeah. So you don't have to feel bad about being firm. And Jesus ran people out with a whip. Like he was like, and he, and he told what Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. He called one of his followers, Satan, when, well, really he was speaking to Satan. I think that was influencing him, but still he was like really direct. So Jesus wasn't this pushover. We're not a pushover. When, when you go to heaven before the judgment seat of God, and we're all going to the Bible says to be absent from the bias, to be present with the Lord, you're going to stand before God. Every single one of us, um, a pushover would say, well, I really feel bad you're you're in no he created a way and he said i am the way i'm the truth and the life no one's coming to the father except the son but because he chose to do and he laid his life down for them he's good but he's also just and fair (laughs) (laughs) 
guys are all welcome for that. <laughs> you didn't even have to pay for that. <laughs> what else we got? Okay, so the next question is moms with teens or moms with special needs teens, which none of us have special needs teens here. Um, oh, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Sorry. Um, so we actually do have a mom with special needs kid here. Um, is there syndrome or is it just being a teen? You can't figure it out. Um, yeah, that is a hard. So I have my oldest was diagnosed with Asperger's. Um, and she's, I know people are, oh, it's a, she's, you know, high functioning. Um, you wouldn't know she had it. You would just think she's like, oh, a little different, you know. Um, but we've struggled with things through the years, like teaching her things. And it was very difficult to understand what was just a kid thing and what was a disability and we still do because she's the front runner. She's the first one. We didn't know the difference in any of these stages of like, what was a child behavior and like, what was something she was struggling with? So, um, but in all honesty, I don't give her slack. I feel like if I give her slack and I give excuse to, um, her behaviors, I'm doing her a disservice. It might be harder for her to perform the way that she can, but she can still do it. I mean, not every, I mean, I, not everybody's going to agree with me on that, but like if I give her a job to do, it's very easy for her to just get really distracted and like not accomplish what she's supposed to be doing. And she'll just start dancing in the middle of the kitchen and like turn on music and an hour later come downstairs and she's like, oh yeah. And like just totally zoned out and forgot, even though she's standing in front of what she's supposed to be doing, these little things she does. Um, and I'm just like, I don't care if it's midnight when you're done you're not going to bed till you get it done. Yeah. And and it's working because she told me when she's at work, um, when I'm at work, I hear you say, do a good job, Miranda, do a good job. So yeah, I don't give her slack. Now I do think that you know your kid and you know their level of ability, yeah. but not to hinder them by lessening their ability for them. This kind of goes with this and just a random thing that I heard today that there was a study done on kids and they did... Um, they praised the kids on, there's two groups, A and B. A group was praised on how smart they were. Um, oh, wow, you're so athletic, those types of affirmations. And then group B was always praised on their effort. And then group B grew more and was able to, um, group A would, if they saw, like if they're given two math problems, they'd always pick the easiest one to get those pra praises of like, oh, you're so smart, you got the right answer, where group B was actually grew to challenge themselves more because they were praised on their efforts and to them putting in effort, you know, was higher than getting the problem right. So I just kind of feel like, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, if you're if you're putting them at a low effort rate, you know, um, psychologically, they're going to perform lower. So if you're pushing them, so. Um, speaking with, uh, speaking in regards to a, uh, maybe like somebody that is disabled vision wise, and my daughter is not old enough to be in the teen years to talk about that. But I've talked to two people. One was an 18 year old girl and another one was a six year old woman. Um, the six year old woman was blind, lived her life that way. And then the 18 year old, um, you know, is, trending toward that and has had vision issues their whole life. And they both said they just wanted to be treated normal. So again, it depends on what the disability is. You can't say that across the board, but I do believe that there is power 
And, you know, we are the parents, we are the ones that are supposed to believe everything in them and not let things hinder them. So if they have the ability to, um, and they, you know, fall into that camp of they, they just need to be treated like normal kids. Yeah, I think it's no different than us as humans. Like, I don't want my boss coming up to me and being like, don't do any more than that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shoot, you think I can't do it? Like, I want somebody to be like, girl, you got this. I'm like, yeah, I got it. So I think it's, you know, the same with them for sure. So um, also I have a family member who's quadriplegic and um, she's 30, I want to say five. And people treat her like she's a little girl still and it really frustrates her. They'd be like, oh, like, oh, I'm babysitting her or, oh, I'm, and she's like, what? Like, she's a full grown woman. She just can't use her extremities like everyone else can. And I know that she struggles with that. And I I can understand being in a chair like that. And like, everybody thinks that you're five and you're like, I'm literally like a full grown woman. Yeah. That would be really hard. We have a podcast um, guest coming on. Well, a couple of them that actually might shed some light into that area. So just stay tuned for that. Um, okay, on to the next one. Okay, so controlling the chaos of being a mom and balancing life. How do you do it? We don't. And on to the next one. When you figure it out, we'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> I'd love to do a show. <laughs> just kidding. I have a funny joke to say about this because it's just like the life of a mom. It's just so great. Um, It's a story about this woman who it's her and her husband in the living room and they're both like, oh, it's time for bed. So he gets up and he goes in the room and he lays down and goes to sleep. And then she's like, well, I guess I should water the plants and then I'll wipe down the counters and then I'm going to fold a little laundry and then I'm going to get the kids stuff ready for tomorrow and I'll move on to tightening up the couch and then I'll go on to brushing my hair and then I'll do this for my husband and that for the kids. You know, they go on to this whole list and it's like hours worth of work later and she's like, and then I'll finally go to sleep. So I think it's tough. The life of a mom is hard. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And I think that me and Nikki have talked about this before, um, that busyness is like a badge. Like we didn't put it that way, but that's what we were talking about. And it's like, it, it's not a prize worth running after. Like just, just to be busy because everybody else says how busy they are. Isn't the goal. Like the goal is to have peace, to enjoy your family and to make sure you're doing a good job. Like that's the goal. And if you're sucked into that like world of like, I have to be busy to be accomplished, then I would say just really talk to yourself about it and figure out if that's really what you actually think is right for life. Because to be honest, I don't think anyone loves it. I think they're all playing games. <laughs> it's real though. And it's devastating. And then you're teaching your kids a pattern of complete busyness yeah. instead of teaching them to enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think that is a deep subject for me. Um, one of the things again, I did, we already did a podcast on is like taking back control. So say you are living in complete chaos. Um, it is okay to push the pause button again and evaluate like, why am I doing this? Like, even though it seems like you're being pulled in the direction of like to be a good mom, or I have to keep up with all of these things, all the Joneses out there. Um, that is so much pressure and it is okay. My mom got me a ring one time. It has a bunch of fish swimming one way and one single fish swimming the other way. It's okay to go against the grain. And that's again, why we're doing this podcast. We're like, what can we do? What can we figure out together as a team with a group of women? Like, you know, and 
I think a lot of you are helping me to like stop and rethink and take back control and or say no to things, even a sporting event uh, or season or um and I just this morning told Samantha I was probably not going to work out at the gym on Mondays because I told her she's a loser. No, I'm yeah, <laughs> she did. And so I guess I'm going to change my mind. Peer pressure. No, no, she was. <laughs> um, but yeah, my friends have been supporting me of like, you know, I, I do state a lot, sometimes complaining, sometimes just an utter overwhelmness saying like, I just don't know how to keep up all these things, all these irons in the fire. Um, I do have high drive, but I do need rest. I actually is a need, not a want. And so, yes, yeah, so Samantha was like, no, I think that's fine. And I'm like, I need one day to like look forward to on a consistent basis to say, I can sleep in. Um, I can just relax or I can get all these things done to prepare for the week. So for somebody that is struggling with the chaos or maybe you're a single mom, I don't know, um, you know, but I still think there's things that you can evaluate, you can get better at, or even like your, your meal prepping better. There's just, there's just things that figure out the top two or three things that are your highest stressors. What can you do differently? And I guarantee you're going to find something. Definitely. And to play off of that, um, last week she did the same thing. Um, I had a friend, a really close friend pass away and I made myself go to the gym, um, every day because, well, actually I didn't on the, anyway, there was one day I skipped because I needed rest because I hadn't slept in days. But the point was, is I got up and went the first four days after she had passed, um, because I know myself and I struggle with slipping into depression and, um, I can gain weight easily, which is not a, a problem from, you know, for you. Um, obviously you want to be healthy and stuff. Um, but so we're all called to different things and have different areas that are, um, that we struggle in and we just need to know where to stand firm on those and what can give. And, you know, so for me, the gym is something that can't be moved on mine, but for Nikki, it's totally okay. So you don't have to compare yourself. She actually showed up one day and I was like, why are you here? Because you're supposed to be. And she's like, well, you were coming. So I just thought I didn't have a good excuse. And I'm like, what? We're in two totally different walks. You don't have to hold yourself to that. You know, my standard in this area when I feel you know, this is the area where God tells me specifically, hey, you can't waver. This is something you need. Now, there might be something, you know, that an area that you have that I don't feel like I can be more flexible. You know, it's vice versa. So not comparing yourself to everyone because your reasons are different. Um, I'm OCD about a lot of things that you aren't and vice versa. Same. Uh, yeah, just lots of things. And I have four dogs. Yeah. And I don't clean like you. So I'm learning. Um, you'd be happy to know that my house isn't clean right now still. Yes, yes, no. <laughs> but what's your not clean? Yeah. Oh, no, it's just like not? actually just not clean. Yeah, because I was so busy over the last year and then so I've had we don't believe you. <laughs> I've yes, I've sent her pictures before and she told me they were weak. <laughs> No, it's like actually one glass on the counter and like a toy laying the, the, the blanket on the couch yeah. and folded yeah. and tucked <laughs> over and the pillows don't have the center slot. So I will say that when I'm home more than just one day a week, so like if I'm not working, you know, for more than four days a week, my house will be very clean like that. Like it will literally be my pillows are chopped, my blanket is ran, like everything looks really tidy. 
Um, but because I was so busy, like my heart goes out to moms who are really busy because I see that like, you just can't do that. Like you almost can't do anything. Um, and by the time you get home, like you're so tired and you all these things going on that you're just like, I literally cannot take another step. I've got to go to bed. Um, but so with my house right now, it's actually, um, a hot mess, but I'm going through and I'm kind of trying to purge each room. I'm like, just live with the mess. You've lived with it for like almost a year anyway. Just like deal with it and like go. I'm like throwing things away. Actually, I put together a whole bag of like makeup and stuff to bring to you guys today to let you go through and like take whatever you wanted because I just had too much. And then I left it at home. I was like, oh, shoot. I know. I know. I was like, crap. I literally, okay. <laughs> one of my struggles. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but your struggles make me make me human like the fact that you have like a perfect house but you forget your credit card and phone every day like it's like thank god because i can't keep up with that house like okay you do suck too and something that i'm not sucking at yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i actually i actually have a few strengths it's and i'm not being prideful or weird when i say this it's it's jesus i that's uh i was trained really well in a walk with god um, and I had a really broken life. So to see how he heals, it just makes you stick real hard. Yeah. Um, and then being a parent, but there's a gift on my life because I am like a children's pastor. I'm a director. People call me pastor, director, whatever. It doesn't matter, but that's my position in the church. So I have a gift on my life for that. So parenting, um, and then, um, like real estate investing, I've always loved that, like design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't have like a ton of things that I'm really good at. I'm sorry. I keep touching the card. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It wasn't trying to be mean. No, not at all. Um, why was I even taking this? We weren't talking about my house. Well, it was, you made me feel better that you aren't good at everything. Oh. <laughs> it's about how do you balance life. It was me being yeah. very selfish, actually. Yeah. No, I can't. Um, too, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I got a great example. I can be prideful. So because my house is not together right now, Sayla just messaged me earlier and she said, can I have a couple girls stay the night on Friday? And my answer is going to be no, <laughs> because so answer, yeah. Yeah. nope, it. won't do it Why? because it's Why too much. Why won't you let Jesus humble you? No, it's no, because my house isn't together. <laughs> no, it's like I'm in the you guys can come. But it's I'm in the middle of projects, so like she has no trim. My I got paint in my hall floor. There's stuff. It's Teen just too much. Yeah, but that's, what, yeah. that's gonna make them feel like you're normal. Don't have it, like you're yeah, normal. they're not gonna be like, oh, I touched what, something. Yeah. Sayla, you can have this sleepover. Let's <laughs> know how it goes. <laughs> I think the vul- most vulnerable women have the most friends, and I'm still working on making fun of myself more, which you're good at most of the time. So let go. Come on, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Remember I told you about the birthday party? Like I have a friend who had a party and she just kept apologizing for her house, which it wasn't even a big deal and I didn't care. But like that's what she was doing. Did not No, I didn't care. I don't so it's it's um yeah, it's my own thing to do my house, but every, that's their own business. Anyway, so um I was just like, I just wouldn't have one. <laughs> I'd be like, it's either all or nothing, baby, it's looking good and it's on or it's like nope. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like Heather Hanlon, my sister-in-law, I feel like you're so vulnerable, but, oh, I just left the house and I just, I have the wrong shoes on. I don't know what it would be, but you're so good about just being like, da-di-da. And like everyone like talks to you about their deepest, darkest things. And I think it's because you are not afraid to be like, well, this happened and I'm making fun of myself. So I do think being vulnerable is so hard because we're all prideful. I'm prideful about 
many things too. But I do think, you know, in order to get relationships and to, I don't know, I almost think it blesses people to see your flaws sometimes. Now, if you're with the wrong friend crowd, no, it won't. (laughs) But I don't know. Do you have anything to say about your vulnerability, Heather? Oh my gosh, no. I mean, I kind of, at times I actually like love that about myself. And then other times it's almost like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes, I don't even know if this is exactly what you mean, but, um, I do have, a, I don't, I don't know what it is. There is something that like people tell me lots of things and I like that in a sense. And like, I really do like get like empathetic, empathetic with it and like try and give like my genuine opinion and thoughts if they want my opinion. Sometimes people don't want my opinion. They just want to talk to me about it and that's great. But if they want an opinion, I will give them like a, okay, I'm not going to candy coat it, but here's my thoughts. But, um, poop. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, Vulnerability with me. What am I? Oh, I have, I have word vomit a lot. That's what I was going to say. So maybe that sometimes if I'm in, I mean, really with anyone that I will just all of a sudden start talking about things. And then like, as soon as I leave, I'm immediately going to be like, oh my gosh, I just talked to them about some things that I probably never talked to anybody before. And they're like, dang, this girl's crazy. But maybe that is a good thing in a sense that I just totally just like keep going with it. But um, but yeah. So I'm the same way and I'll do the same thing. Yeah, like I'll just share like so much. <clears throat> and it's hard when somebody's like super shy because it's like, you're like I guess I'll just keep telling you more about me (laughs) and I'll try to ask about them or whatever too because I'm like it's selfish to only talk about yourself how about you um but no I totally do that too um do you feel more comfortable around people who are really open like does it make you feel better when you leave if like they just puked as much as you did sure, absolutely yes yes you know what's worse than when you leave and you're like questioning everything? When you leave and then your husband's like, wow, you, you really said da-da-da and it sounded like this. And I'm like, I wasn't even worried about that, but now I'm not going to sleep all night because of it. Thank you. Great. And then it's like three weeks later. I'm like, I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> then you see them like a year later and you're like, hey, remember that one time I told you blah, blah, blah? Well, I really meant... Whatever. And then they're like, I have no idea. Like, what? I didn't even think twice about it. You're like, never mind. I haven't been thinking about it for a whole year. (laughs) That's me. Well, we are one hour into this, ladies. So we did good. Do we have any final thoughts or do we? Yeah, we do. We have final thoughts. Okay. Um, Really quick. Tell us what is one of your strengths in parenting or what you're good at or a tip that like you had an issue with a kid and you couldn't figure out how to solve it and then you found something um you threw me off you found something that worked like tell us something like that sorry for taking you off (laughs) okay one thing that worked i knew the question before this so that's why i was ready just to give you guys time see i'm laying down my life for my friends see yeah okay got you um This is actually um, a school counselor helped me with this with um, one of my sons. Um, He was having trouble. It was in the fourth grade. And um, because he has chores every night and had has had since then, it would be come home, get the stuff done right away, your homework and your dishes and who knows, laundry, whatever it was at the time. And then you can play your video games. 
Well, he struggled that year, um, just lacking friends and, and all of these things. And I think it was just because of Sadie's situation surrounding that. And it was just a really hard year for him. And the counselor was like, you know, little boys, especially at this age group, they really like to, part of, they really like to have some say in it. They want things to be their decision. So I instead would say, hey, before bed, you have to get these done, whatever order you want. So they just wanted some say in it. And I think that, and I still do that to this day. And it's like, I kind of the mom guilt, like, why did I miss that? You know, and he did, he was exhausted. He needed to come home and like veg out for a little bit. And you know what? It worked for him. So that is one thing that worked for us. That was good. Um, so I have two tips. Um, so one, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> it's her face. It's really not that serious. So when I had our daughter, she would not stop asking the same question like over and over and over. And I was just going to like lose my crap on her. Um, my husband's calling, sorry, babe, I'm on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but she wouldn't stop. And so I read this parenting book and it said, ask him a question. Like if they already asked the question one, one time and you've answered it, then be like, hmm, what do you think I'm going to say to that? Or like stuff like that. Um, and this, um, well, a part two of that same thing is like, she would always be like, I want to go play. And at the, her age, I wouldn't give her a choice because it just wouldn't get done. And it was like, as long as your room's clean, you can go play. And um, so I would ask her if she was asking again, I'd say, you know, what do you think I'm going to say to that? Or did I already ask that question? What do you think the answer is? It literally instantly stopped the questioning. It's so weird. Um, and then for her asking to go play when her room, like, I just felt like I was on this, like, repeat, like, hey, you can't do anything till your room's clean. She was like, after I clean, she like just learned, I would say, sure, I'd love for you to go play with Amelia as soon as, you know, um, your room must be clean if you're asking to go play. And it just like both of those instantly broke her from that. Um, um, so something that I did that was really powerful, I'm going to sit on my hand. Um, cause I keep playing the cord. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I did that was really awesome with the first kid, but I ain't gonna lie. I didn't do it the second. I wish I would have, because it made a world of difference was I had read a book and it said that like to deal with whining, put your kid in timeout and ignore them and make them stand there until they're done. And when they're finally peaceful, let them walk away. And I was like, all right. So with our oldest, we did that. And she would literally stand there and scream and time out. And so I told my husband the plan. He's like on board with it. I was like, okay, cool. So she would literally stand there and scream. And after a couple of days, she started saying, wah, trying to get our attention. She would say, wah, wah, wah. Like, cause we were ignoring her. Yep. You totally ignore them. And we just act like nothing was going on. Wouldn't get upset. No reaction. And it took about two weeks, and that's the time frame they gave, and they said they'll stop. She literally learned that whining would absolutely not get her way, and we have never had an issue. Literally, I'm not even joking. Have to Even as a teenager, if I say, Miranda, can you do this for mom? She'll say, yes, ma'am, or she'll say, got it. Like, that's how she responds. If she's PMSing, we get a little sass, but not over those things. Um, so, but she is literally the only one. My other two still whine. 13 years old, nine years old, still whine over stuff. So it really works. So do that for your kids and yourself. Hmm, Yeah. You're going to stand in time out and I'm going to ignore you. That would be so humiliating, but it might work. So (laughs) maybe, maybe. Um, So really quick with Samantha's um, 
um, <laughs> my brain, I'm telling you. With your, I know, right? Oh my gosh. With your having to repeat thing or your, your child keep asking you the same things. My brother-in-law is super crazy and goofy and whatever, but sometimes for his kids, it really is crazy that he says this, but now it works. But if they ask him something more than once, he will say, I have spoken. And as soon as he says, I've spoken, they'll stop. And he'll even say it to like me and my sister. If like we have to repeat something, he'll be like, Heather, I have spoken, like kind of just joking, but then it actually works for his kids, which is kind of funny. He'll just be like, nope, I've spoken. Stop asking me, you know, but, which is just kind of silly and funny, but it actually worked. That's but funny. anyway, um, so mine isn't necessarily a situation that I have, um, that I like overcame, but two tips that I was given is one was um, as far as like boundaries with kids and, and not feeling bad about giving them consequences and boundaries and being consistent, which is something I struggle with, which is huge, but um, trying to be more consistent with different things is kids need boundaries and need consistency. And somebody told me once, um, it's like with kids who don't have boundaries or um, consistency, it's like they're in a um, on a roller coaster without any type of safety thing. It's like they're they're just going without it, and it's almost like they feel like almost like out of control. And apparently, it's it's I don't know if it's necessarily a study, but there's something that has been done where they're like, no, like kids actually thrive off of being consistent and having boundaries. So that was something that I learned that I try to tell myself and remind myself still in the learning process of okay, I'm not being mean, I'm not being you know whatever. Like they need these boundaries. Like I can't let them get away with that because. Because they need me they need to know that that's not okay so that that was a good like analogy that I learned is like without boundaries and consistency and rules they're kind of just flying on a roller coaster with no safety thing so that was one thing and I might have said this in another podcast but um the saying of your kids don't need a perfect mom they need a happy mom that's just another tip that I was told that still I try to remind myself to kind of um helping my parenting to just be more joyful and happy around my kids so that's that. Yeah. Yeah. What I was thinking when you were speaking and you just kind of teed that up. So thank you very much. I've been trying to do this lately because, you know, like there's those studies out there about like talking to the rice or talking to the plant, the one plant that was spoken to positively just thrives. And the other one just, you know, it seems like every time, no matter who does. And I actually want to do this personally, just, I think it'd be good for the kids. But more recently I've been you know, they'll play off of my emotions too. If I'm crabby, if I'm having a rough day, if I'm overwhelmed and all of these things, and I'm just like, whatever, I know, especially my little daughter, I feel like she's playing off of me at times. So I've been really focusing on instead of like, what? Like, you know, mom all day long, mom all day long. I'll be like, hey, sugar boo boobs. Like, I'm just like, just trying to like, be silly, like say things differently. Just stop myself when I'm wanting to be like, er, what? You know? Or even to the dogs, because that I do that all the time, all day long. But I, I've been very conscious about that. And even when like the boys, and I've done this, the boys' whole lives, when they ever get in a fight, they have to look at each other for 30 seconds and hug each other. And sometimes I tell them to say something nice about each other. Every single time the fight's broken up, they're laughing and it's good. Yeah. So they need a happy mom. I think that's so good. And I think it's true of just stopping yourself and, and instead of like, and they can play off your energy, whether you're you, everyone knows there's somebody that can walk in a room and bring the whole room down or bring it up. So which one do you want to be? You have control. You're the parent. So I've been trying to do that lately because I do feel like I've just been kind of blah and more cranky. Yeah. So 
That's good. Um, I have to share this one because it is, I have a child, my middle son. Um, he's very high emotionally intelligent, but he is just so dang strong willed. I feel like you could, I don't know if you were trying to whip him into correction or whatever, he would be like, beat me. Like his skin would be falling off and he'd be like, what you got? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, he's been so tough. And he, um, with the talking back and the, uh, th- like, man, we just really have struggled, but he is my most kind hearted kid, um, which is ironic, but man, it's just been a power struggle. And I was just at my wits end with him and I just feel exhausted. And I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I'm reading all the books, nothing's working. Um, and one day he just popped off and, you know, snapped at me and I just, I just was really quiet. And I said, go to your room. I'm going to think about this. And it took him a minute to get there, but you know, he went to his room and I was like, I don't know where this, I guess, I feel like it was a divine idea like god that gave it to me um but i was like you know what i've never tried like just being quiet and not talking to him so i wrote him out a note and said um you may come out and you are free to go when um you have a happy heart and then also when these things are done because my thing with my kids like if they do something i'm like "Mm, natural consequence is um, you cause prom inconvenience or wasted my time when I have to fight with you. So you're going to do something for me to like make up that time. Um, and so, you know, chores. And so I wrote down the chores. I said, come see me when they're done. I'm going to check them. And then, um, then if they're done good, then you can come out. So I wrote this all on a note. I slid it under the door and I gave him a highlighter so he can highlight this stuff off because he's like that. And, um, he can't, it took him a long time. His pride was eating him out. Uh, and then, you know, eating him up and wouldn't let him come out. But then, <laughs> um, he finally did come out and he handed me the list. I didn't say anything. I went, I checked all of it and then, um, actually wrote notes on the things he needed to fix that wasn't up to standard and gave up, he just handed it back like this whole like silent transaction and, it literally like broke him like in a good way like he called my mom and was like Grammy I don't know what I did but my mom is so mad at me and I'm like that's ironic because I literally was the most calm I've been didn't say anything and I literally wrote I know like it just like turned and ever since then like I did that like three or four times and man like the kid is a new person I'm like I cracked the code on our child so if you have a strong-willed kid and you feel like you're just arguing back and forth and like nothing's working maybe just try like just being silent because that worked for us so anyway what's for dinner I had oh chicken I took chicken out of the freezer this morning for and they're um frozen chicken tenders and i think we're just gonna do a salad and we'll put those in the air fryer and season them up like you do like just keep caking it on and cake yeah just like that so sorry you guys couldn't see those hand motions they were good so that's what we're having yeah. okay i think we're gonna do tilapia and have brussels sprout shallop <laughs> <laughs> Did I say ch- tilapia. Uh, <laughs> tilapia with salsa? I just mean that, but probably because <laughs> okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay, tilapia, <laughs> Brussels sprouts, and mac and cheese. That doesn't seem complimentary. I'm disappointed. 
What do you mean complimentary? Mac and tilapia? No. Homemade mac and cheese. Broiled tilapia. And that's against culinary protocol. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> Bacon. What is against? Which, which part? Mac and cheese with. Yes. Yeah, see, she noticed it too. What, what would you put? Like rice maybe. Yeah. See. But if you have kids. Maybe it's all wrong. See, oh. now the trainee becomes the trainer. Yeah, because you have a degree in culinary. <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Where you Just kidding. <laughs> yes, tell us, Nikki. Girl who can't season her food. Ooh. It ain't like... It, it, it had been that way. <laughs> no, it ain't. No, I don't know. Baby, you're probably right. I mean, I'm not serving it to a five-star restaurant. I'm serving it to my children. Let us know what Jonathan says. Next He's going to say it's delicious. My kids would like it. Who doesn't like mac and cheese? Yeah. Okay, we're done. Um, Alec, my we're son, done. he doesn't like anything. Um, so I do not plan like we all know. Um, but I did buy like hamburger patties and like buns. So I asked my husband if he would like come home early and like cook that since I was going to be here. So we'll see how that goes down when I get home because he really didn't give me a straight answer. He's kind of like, eh, well, I have to teach tonight. So, um, we've been out of town the past few days, so we're going to be easy and do spaghetti. So we'll just have spaghetti, garlic bread. And also I just do homemade poor man's garlic bread. I just get sliced sandwich bread and just smear butter on it and put garlic salt. And it's like my whole family's favorite garlic bread. And we put it in the oven and then put it on the broiler for the last minute and get it brown and it's delicious. So you should try it. I mean, I guess you have it. Yeah. Ooh. You're you're welcome. You. That's cool what I went to culinary school for. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you just do a breath after that for? All right, let's on the count of three say see you later and see you next time, mamas. Ready? Are you gonna edit this part? No, this is going straight in there. Ready? No. Are you gonna add you telling us? No. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ready? Okay, ready? And that's a wrap. See you next time, mamas. You should leave. That's so cute. You should Jeez. leave it. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks for listening to another Align Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see clear through my mind. And the secrets to shut my eyes.